fellow songwriters, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the How Songs Are Made podcast, where we talk to notable artists about their songwriting process. I'm your host, Trey Xavier, and today I'm going to be talking to my buddy Per Nilsson of Scar Symmetry about how they write songs. Today's episode is brought to you by my songwriting course, Complete Rock and Metal Songwriting. It's 15 hours of everything I know about writing songs, everything from writing riffs and transitions to melodies, harmonies, drum parts, vocals, lyrics, and more. And you can find out more about that at the link in the description or at howsongsaremade.com. So this is season two of the podcast and... In case you uh, weren't aware, all of the videos that I do as live streams will then live on the How Songs Are Made podcast channel, which you can also find at the link in the description. And uh, all of the audio episodes after they get edited, after we make these, uh, you can find it uh, howsongsaremadepodcast.com. Um, and now, their new album, The Singularity, Phase 2 Xenotaph, will be out June 9th on Nuclear Blast. Please welcome my buddy, Scar Symmetry's Per Nilsson. How's it going, Trey? Yo, you're back now with uh, some new singles from the upcoming album from Scar Symmetry. Nine years in the making. Mm-hmm, indeed. The Singularity 2, which people have been very hotly anticipating um, since you released the, the Singularity Phase 1. Which, of course, is like, that's a a little bit of a dangerous proposition to have something called, like, part one, <laughs> you know? That's because it implies sure. that there will be further parts. And then it's, you know, once again, building the anticipation, which is good. But now, uh, and now it's finally come to fruition. So here on the, on the podcast, there's really only one question and all the rest of them are follow-ups. And the question is, what is your usual songwriting process like and uh, how was it similar or different for the process of this new album well for 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 the trilogy we've done something we we never did in the past because all of the previous albums were just they were just like kind of written we just started writing songs and then lyrics came about later and like it, it just ended up with what it ended up in but for for the trilogy we we decided before even having written one note or one word, we decided like that it was going to be a trilogy and it's going to be a concept thing. And then Henrik, our drummer and lyricist, he came up with the with a synopsis, like outlining the storyline for for the entire thing. So so we had Neo Humanity, the the first album. We had that like what we wanted that to be, and then I I shaped my idea of what that would be around like the vibe of of the of, of the synopsis for it and and i i tried to write music that i felt appropriate for it and 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 i did that the same thing for this album it, like i just went with the synopsis and tried to do what felt appropriate and uh, like speaking of like doing a trilogy i i started thinking about a little bit about the, the movie world and the one of the most uh best the greatest trilogies of all time is of course the original star wars saga Mm -hmm. interestingly enough uh, george lucas he promised us a trilogy of trilogies right yeah that was like what he proposed i guess like that was his 
maybe had some idea other day, but I, I read something that was supposed to be nine movies, and and it took him yeah. it took him a while to fulfill the prophecy, <laughs> right? So you could say that again, like that's with no exaggeration, a while. Yeah. So anyway, so so the Star Wars saga, I guess, like the the first film is a little bit of a standalone thing, and then but then it turns into a trilogy, and the second part. Um, it's a little bit darker, right? The Empire Strikes Back. There's some, you know, some cliffhangers it, it ends with and stuff like that. And, and it, it's it's just a, like a bit of a darker vibe in it. Um, so, and, and that's what I uh, was going for with, with this album. I was going to let it be darker and heavier and more blast beats <laughs> and stuff like that. Just, just stuff that we've, we've always had. But now I could have more of them, mm-hmm. you know. To... Just leaning into that aspect of w- what you've already got. Yes, there's there's still a like a, a big serving of cheese on top of everything. But well, what I've always liked about what you guys do is that you have what I would describe as some strong power metal uh, or just like melodic metal choruses and and parts and stuff but it it never sounds cheesy to me i don't know maybe i just have a high tolerance for cheese because i do love power metal but i like that you guys always had that sort of like big harmonies and and anthemic kinds of choruses but they were always more interesting than the basic power metal schlock and harmonically more interesting and also somehow avoided the cheesy cliches and that to me put you guys head and shoulders above a lot of the bands doing similar things. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe I come from a different place than some other songwriters or something. I'm I'm not sure, but I mean I I grew up as a being a metalhead and, and listening to all the classic stuff and but I, I quickly ventured into other other realms that interested me and you know pop music uh, fusion classical music whatever i whatever i like liked listening to or anything that uh, sort of turned me on i i investigated and put it put it into my vocabulary some somehow so so yeah yeah it's the stuff that i that i want to hear i suppose the new single has some very the main riff that you demonstrated in a in a video is actually a, pretty black metal sounding you've got your guitar hooked up can oh, you yeah. uh play it for us so that we um this is something new we've never had somebody uh play guitar on one of these before but yeah like the start of the song it, it before the verse it has kind of a uh, riff that is similar to the verse Yeah, nice. I like it. It's it's evil. Yeah, very very evil sounding, and obviously your music is uh, easily described as progressive. So uh, really, any kind of influence from other styles of music won't feel weird. Um, like it doesn't sound like I don't know, like like oh, where did that come from? Suddenly, you know, you've got a lot of different kinds of sounds in your music and. It just is like okay, cool. We're doing a, we're taking a little detour into black metal today. Um, so I thought that was really cool, and it's very aggressive and dark sounding, and it fits the vibe of um, 
of the rest of the song, but also it goes lots of different places. So, um, can you can you tell us maybe a little bit about um, how this song came to be? Like, what was the uh, what was the inception? Like, was it based on that riff or or what? I mean, I actually wrote most of the songs in 2016. So, yeah, so this, this stuff is vintage already. Yeah, so I, I, I can't really remember all the details, but I know that, like, that, that riff uh, was something that I had. I, I usually don't, don't save riffs in a big bag. Like, some people do, mm -hmm. they have, like... You know, we're gonna make a new album, and we are gonna look at all the riffs with, and then they have five thousand riffs, and then, like, I, I don't know if like James Hetfield does that. I think like Metallica does that. I'm not sure, but anyway, but that was a riff that I actually had written many years before, but it never turned into a song. So, and then I just decided to to use it, and I I guess that was the thing that led to the song. I had uh, yeah, I had a sim uh, another riff. Like the, the midsection. That was also something I, love those I, chords. I had saved up. Yeah, so I was like, maybe I can fit these two very like uh, polarized elements in the same song. They they ha they happen to be in the same key and uh, this sort of the same tempo. That chord, play that first chord again. How do you think of that chord? Like, what do you? What would you call that? Because that's like my favorite chord. Yeah. And I always have a hard time like figuring out w where to put the root. Because <laughs> you could look at it a lot of different ways. But if what would you call that? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you only do the voicing like that, it uh, then I guess it's it's like context depending on the context. If yeah. if I would start like. It will feel like a B minor uh, add the flat six or something that yeah that you resolve. Uh, but in this case, when I put the B down, I have like this part of the thing. Like to me, that like constitutes a B major chord. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't have the fifth, but like it's yeah. still you, you wouldn't expect anything else than the fifth. And then on top. Well, you have the fifth there, but on on top you have a F sharp uh, major chord. So, so I sort of think of this. I think of this as a B major uh, nine chord, mm -hmm. and and it's voiced with as a F sharp triad over a B. Got it. And that yeah. So in the context of the song, that's what it is. Yeah. For that. And yeah. then, cool. And I I love these yeah. kinds of polychords. They are so very. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's you don't hear a lot of that in in a metal context, you know, but it's uh, it fits really good. Yeah. Okay. So you had these two ideas. What's um like? What's how generally do you take take it from that to the you know the full final product? Like, where does it go from there? Yeah. Usually, I just try to let one idea t move into the next one. I often write in sort of a like in an orderly fashion, one one riff at a time, the 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 way it ends up in the, in the song. Oh, like chronologically? Yes, chrononautilously. Sweet. Chrono. I was just gonna make that joke. Yeah. Chrononautologically. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay. So I suppose I mean, uh, so I I had that riff. 
with the with the minor chords, and then I decided to have that as like a dramatic intro thing, mm-hmm. uh, and then have the actual uh, verse with vocals. Skip that that minor third and just do power chords. But but end on a little minor chord, so mm-hmm. I, I just felt it was neat to, to like uh, like scale it down a little bit for for the when the vocals uh, hits, and then I felt I probably felt like starting the song with I wanted to have something a little something before, so I I came up with that riff. Yeah, and then I probably added a, a little thing before, which is the very f- first part of the song. And then I came up with the the pre-chorus thing, which is which sounds very Nor- Norwegian to me. It's almost has that feeling of of that satiricon song. They have a riff mm-hmm. that so it's, it's it's not the same riff but it's kind of a same a similar vibe. Yeah, I like how you like drop out the like bass and stuff in that in that section. I think it gets it gets it kind of like comes down a little bit. It's not as full bore everything um you bring it down so that when it you know yeah i i wanted i wanted i wanted it to to feel yeah more what do you say more primitive okay in in a way like that's i mean it sounds very like kind of polished as the the rest of the thing anyway but uh yeah that was what my, my idea for it and, and there there's there's not all these shiny keyboards on top either right but you're um, as you're writing, you're thinking it, of it mostly from a guitar standpoint as you're going through and coming up with these parts. Are you mostly thinking riffs, or are you uh, also thinking like um, I don't know, like arrangement wise and all of that? Do you are you putting down like, uh, for example, like program drums or something as you're writing? Or yeah, yeah, I, I usually. For everything I come up, I just immediately program drums. Some sometimes I I add some sort of keyboard right away because to me I w- want to make it sound appetizing right away. Mm-hmm. You know, so because then that can that can trigger something else. Like if if the part sounds kind of like it's supposed to to sound. If I'm lucky, it it will segue me me into the next thing. And and also. It's like sometimes, like for example, the the ending of that. I'm setting up a modulation because this thing is in B, and then it's like I'm setting up a dominant, and to to yeah to to raise the key. Mm-hmm. A, a whole tone, yeah, to the chorus, and and I'm I'm a big fan of of modulating and moving in in between keys, and and I think like I, I sometimes I listen to like random bands, new album, 
that's popular. And then I, and then I hear like all the songs are in the same key, and it stays in the same key throughout the entire song, and 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 that that can work really well too. That's also a a, a vibe. But for me, I'm I'm a little bit too restless musically. I I need something to happen. Yeah. So so, so I that's also something I'm always keeping in mind, like trying to see if I can set things up for for modulation. It's always more dramatic to have a key change like yes. that's one of the the most dramatic things that you can do and if you do it really well it can really elevate the song especially going into the chorus like that's a huge exciting move to hear yes there's just many many ways you can you can do it so do you usually go through and write the entire structure before you present it to uh, other members of the band or show it to other people that you're working with on it or do you uh, will you send them snippets or whatever? It's pretty much uh, always the finished song, like musically finished. And I I do like the, the vocal arrangement as well. And I record myself singing and growling with, with the worst growling voice known to man. <laughs> I, I sound like a, like a depressed, uh, uh, ill dog that needs to be put down. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's really horrible. But it does the trick. It's it's like it gives Henrik an idea for for how to write the lyrics. I often end up writing some kind of lyric, just like a placeholder, so that I can act, sing actual words and and I try to come up with sounds that I prefer for parts. If you're gonna end a chorus on a on a high note, you, you know, you, you want to have the, the right kind of vowel. You don't want to be like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you want to be like, eh, oh, you know, something that's, that's, uh, you know, has more, more girth and body to it. Uh, girthy yeah, the, vowels. Girthy vowels. Will you accept my girthy vowels? So anyways, Henrik, he is a lyric writing genius he's so incredibly good and uh, very often his lyrics even though they they have you know often deep meaning and and they are often like kind of poetic as well uh, mm-hmm. and they sound cool but he uses like the 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 vowels and the stuff that i that i that i used so it's it's like often very close and i'm like I'm, it's like I can I can use whatever sounds I want, and and he just makes it into something that works. Wow! So he works around whatever you've presented, and still delivers the goods in terms of lyrics that are meaningful. Yeah. Well, for 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 the clean vocal parts, he really tries to 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 use the kinds of sounds I'm I, I used. For for the growl parts, he takes a little bit little bit more liberty. Because it's easier to to change that around, and it's and sometimes it's not as important as the clean vocal parts because it's only the rhythmic aspect. It's not the melodic aspect. You don't have to worry about writing harmonies for the for the growls. Yeah, exactly. So you're sending out fully fleshed out versions of these songs with big arrangements of vocals and everything, and then Henrik is creating lyrics based on what you're sending, but also that are telling this story that you guys worked out when you first decided to make it a trilogy. 
Yes, pretty cool. Once he's got that and has written these lyrics, what generally happens next? We start recording it. Uh, because the, the lyric thing is often, it's kind of late, uh, late in the game. Sometimes even after we have started recording stuff. Sometimes, sometimes oh, wow. like I, I write songs up until we have the first day of drum recordings. Oh, wow. Yeah, and on on this album and on phase one as well, there are one song in each album that it wasn't a song when we recorded it. Sound, sounds strange, but both both these songs had... Well, on, on Neo Humanity, the, the song Spiral Time Shift, it had one riff only that I had written. I didn't know what to do with it, and I hadn't managed to make a song of it. So we recorded drums for that so, uh, that riff, and then I just had Henrik record a bunch of different drum rhythms in the same tempo, and, and, and things like maybe could, it could start like with 60 notes on the... On the kicks and have the the snare on one two three four and and maybe that could be a riff and then the next thing I can be do that and and maybe like uh, be like be sparse on the on the kick drums uh, here and 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 then we record some extra kick drums and I can drop in if I need an extra so so that song was actually kind of wow. copy pasted together with with the drums and then I much later I I finished up the all the riffs and the, the rest of it. And there's a song wow. on the new album called uh, Reichsfall that uh, I did the same thing, but I didn't have any riffs at all. I actually wrote, I recorded <laughs> two songs uh, worth of, of drums that I then pieced together and came up with riffs for. And, wow. And, and those, like, uh, only one ended up on the album. Uh, but that song doesn't sound, you know, all that much different or better or worse than any of, of the others. So it's kind of an kind of an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, well it's also interesting that you could go about it so differently and still wind up with essentially the same product or the same something that sits with all the others in a way that makes sense and doesn't feel out of place. Yeah. That's pretty wild. It could use a little bit more like more interesting fills and stuff that we couldn't put in there and you know. So I guess the song might be a little bit more boring on the drums than the others. More boring. Yeah. That sounded like the others others were already boring, but this was more boring. <laughs> Much more boring yeah, than all yeah. the other very boring. <laughs> I think I could track. have put that in a, a better way. But I'm sorry, Henrik, if you if you listen to this. I love you, man. I think you're awesome. You're all your fails are God. They come from God. <laughs> so then Henrik is he's writing the these lyrics and all the drum parts, basically, right? He's the drummer. Uh, not, not really. He he mostly plays the stuff I I wrote. Oh, okay. And, and I mean, sometimes he has ideas like maybe I can can do the China here and do that rhythm, and I'll do this fill instead. And and, and sometimes he he just copies the fills I made because they they just make perfect sense for the riff or or whatever. Yeah. So he's yeah making. Uh variations on on what you wrote but sticking pretty close to it yeah it, there's not there's no like let's do this in like reggaeton instead or something yeah you know <laughs> so then uh you're getting pretty detailed with the with the programming as you're going or or do you lay down something basic and then go back later and tweak it to be more specific sometimes i manage to just leave stuff and go, move on to the next thing 
you know, to be to be faster. But often I, I find myself going straight into details, which hampers the creative thing a li- little bit. Because there's like, I don't need to worry about the velocity of the ghost notes on the snare. <laughs> That's, I'm, I, I mean, I'm not even going to use that performance you know that's it's gonna be real snare uh, real uh, drums later so but i i like for the demos to be kind of detailed anyway so yeah I mean, sometimes you like really need proof of concept to keep going to like decide that it's gonna be you know something like a certain way so that you can just so that you can continue yeah i think it's funny like the uh, the whole way like how how I need to set myself up to be able to write. When I write on my own, like I need to feel good. I need to be like, uh, oh, I had something nice to eat and a cup of coffee or tea and and I'm in a good mood and uh, nothing bad happened that day. So I feel really good. And then, then something good can come out. But if I'm like cranky or, you know, whatever happened in life and and I'm not feeling like it, it's just usually I, there's no need for me to even try. So, like, I, I really want to feel good when I do it. But sometimes when... Uh, I, I was writing a, an album with a friend of mine. We were writing, like, a kind of progressive metal thing. It's called Beyond the Catacomb, out on Spotify. And it's, it's a kind of cool album. But we wrote it together, and I, and I wanted to write it with, with my friend, Daniel Palmquist, a uh, Swedish guitar player. So we were in my studio, and, like... Let's do this together. We had a couple of beers or something and had a good time. And, and then I I didn't want to come up with the first idea. I wanted like to try to see what I could get out from him. So I'm I, like always little, I, like I had the producer's hat on. So I, mm-hmm. I just said to him, like, play, play me something. And he was like, oh, what? Like, just play me, <laughs> play me something, whatever, like a metal riff. And he played something that was like almost inexcusably lame like super lame <laughs> but but my response instead of being like oh f- f- fucking hell man you suck i was like uh, and he doesn't suck but uh, that could be an, an approach but instead i was like that sounds killer let's record it let's track it one more time and put it in the stereo and then uh, i tracked the uh, programmed some drums and like, oh, okay, now we have a first riff. Then where would do we go from here? And then he moved his fingers to another place. And we had a tempo. We had a, like a first key. We had a, 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 some drums. So he he just took it from there and, and came up with, with another riff. And that second riff was a lot better. That was like a really good riff. And and then I just kept like uh, I told him like, oh, okay, so go to the go to B minor. Like so let's do the chords in B minor. Do some chords. And he did some chords, and and uh, the song was done in like forty minutes or so. So like the the riffs, it was super quick. So so he was like like his hair was standing on edge, and he was like, what what happened? You know, <laughs> confused. This has never happened to me. And and it was all like coming from that first riff. And then I showed showed him like that first riff. I think you forgot about it because I put it over there. Like it wasn't even like in the in the line of riffs for the song, I yeah, at some point I just when we were rearranging the thing, so I, I just tossed that riff away because it wasn't good enough. But just getting started and just diving into it, creating something that then can lead to the next thing, that was uh, that, that was kind of illuminating 
for me as well. And this was like a whole bunch of years back, so it's it's something that I've had with me since. I didn't have that kind of. I had, didn't have this insight when I wrote this album, but I think it's a it's a nice little bedtime story for for the listeners out there. So you, it's almost like the stone soup um analogy i don't know if you've yeah, ever yeah. if you guys had this book in sweden yeah okay uh yeah so you you just start with nothing ish just to get it going and then you know to wet the whistle or whatever prime the pump and get it cranking so but you're saying that um when you write you have to be in the right mindset you have to be in a good place mentally you don't write your what's it called like you you don't write your f- bad feelings when you're going you know no no and and some people are like that i've heard that they do their best work when the when their life is a struggle it's like all inner turmoil and amazing art pours out of them uh yeah for me it's 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 not like that it's it's like if i i mean i'm i'm generally a a pretty happy and and content person so it's 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 not like I have a problem with a lot of down days. Yeah. But when I have, I I just I don't write. In in those cases I I might play guitar. I just might be sitting with a guitar and I'm and I, I improvise. So I'm I'm actually creating at that time as well. I'm just not doing something that anyone else will hear. That not, nothing that could turn into something. Yeah. In that sense I'm sort of pouring my feelings out there. It's just not for anyone else to hear. When you're in a good place and you're writing, when you're, you know, you've got yourself in the mental space where you're feeling good about writing and you're, and you're on, are you ever referencing darker times or times that you didn't feel good, like thinking about them as reference material? No, I, I actually don't. Listening for to music for me, as it is for most people, I suppose it it can be a very very emotional thing. There's there's certainly music that like I almost can't listen to it because like just tears just start pouring out from weird yeah. places. But I don't know my my process isn't connected so much to my own feelings in that way. I mean, sometimes if I write something when I feel like, oh, these these chords are really sad, but it's, it's but it's not like I'm thinking of that cat I had that tragically passed. Uh, I I don't connect that, you know. I just like, oh, this is kind of a sad feeling, but okay, cool. So let's see, you're in the in the in the process of uh, how you typically do things. We've we've covered uh, sort of the inception riff generation writing lyrics drums so you're uh writing keyboard parts f- uh for all of these songs as well and pl- and playing them on the albums yeah yeah which is crazy because i hear you like playing keyboards and i'm like oh what the fuck this guy plays keyboards that well too son of a bitch yeah <laughs> save some for the rest of us bro most of the keyboards on the album isn't isn't played live some of oh, okay. it for, for sure is, but like there's sometimes there's like crazy arpeggios and, and stuff, and that's that's all programmed. Oh, okay, so, good. Yeah, that so makes I'm, me feel so better. I'm, about I'm like a, I'm a total bullshit keyboard player. <laughs> I I like to sometimes write on keyboards. I sometimes like to like flesh out chord progressions and stuff. And sometimes it can be very inspiring if you have a 
really cool keyboard sound, like something that sounds mm -hmm. like an album already. You know, you take one note and it's like, yeah. and it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what are you generally using for your keyboard sounds? Uh, I have a Nord stage behind me here that when I, uh, for, for playing live stuff, live parts. And then I have just like a bunch of different plugins. I used like an old Korg legacy bundle, something like that. Has some wave station, some like old 80s oh, yeah. stuff that, that I kind of like. And, and I, I have like a, a symphonic libraries that no one uses anymore. I don't really stay up to date with stuff. I mean, it's a it's an endless rabbit hole. Like if you you'll uh, you'd never write anything else. You'd spend all your time fucking around with libraries instead. Yeah, in, indeed. And you wouldn't have any money to live. It's outrageous and endless. Like I have to like cut myself off. Like I, I'll get something new and like start screwing around with it. And like three hours later, I'm like, oh, I forgot to write music. Mm -hmm. I'm just like. Ooh, what's this preset? What's this one? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, this makes cool sounds. Uh, and you think like I could use this for something later, and then you just don't. Yeah. Some of these things have so many presets, so many patches that it's like impossible to go through them all. And sometimes like maybe there's that amazing uh, whatever that I haven't tried yet, and could it could be like the best thing for my music ever. Then I try to go through everything, and I write down like the 11B and uh, 73 and it's just it's just hopeless <laughs> but yeah and it's, isn't it, and it like, never gets any better yeah but for, for me also like I, I can totally go down that rabbit hole uh, but sometimes it's even worse with like trying to start to to mix like the songwriting template whatever that you're using like oh maybe i also have to change the compressor settings i'm gonna automate this and and I start doing that for 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 like for really no reason. It's it sounds sounds good enough for for a demo that no one's ever gonna hear. Yeah, your procrastinate mixing. Yes, procrastinations product. There's a got to be a word in there. Procrastinate production time. Yes. That, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a weird time for us as as songwriters and music creators of any kind because. You know, we we have the possibility to be going down these rabbit holes comparatively pretty easily and cheaply. Like everybody's got access to some kind of DAW, even just included plugins and free stuff. Yeah. You can get crazy good sounds. You could spend your time being a producer rather than a writer easily. But um, yeah, lots of lots of easy distractions. Um, which actually uh, leads me to a question that I that I had, which is um, kind of maybe a, a bit of a tough one, but I know that people want to know. And as someone who started writing and recording an out al started recording an album four years ago that is just now going to mastering, I'm asking you this question with no judgment and no <laughs> of any kind. But nine years since the uh, since the last Scar Symmetry album. What uh, what made this one take so long yeah. to come out? What's up with that, bro? What's up with that, I, bro? I, I mean, I, I I caught hints of judgment. No. Yeah, I did. None. I did. You... The world has been judging me for a long time. No. Oh, you probably caught a lot of judgment from a lot of other people. Yeah. But no, I'm, 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 I get asked I'm, the no. same question, <laughs> and yours is coming out. Yes. It has a release date. Oh, shit, yeah. W what is your for? Is that for your band? 
Yeah, yeah, for my band. In Virtue. In Virtue. Check us out on... Is that the, the one you sing on that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember the first That's time cool. I heard you sing, it pissed me off a little bit. <laughs> not, not only is this man gorgeous, but he sings like a god. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. And uh, I think you can use that for, for la- later when you do this as the, cl- publish this it. as an audio podcast. Right you can now. like use it for the promotional bit or whatever. Yes. Scar Symmetry's Per Nilsson says, I am both handsome and a great singer. Yes. So, fuck yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes. I mean, it, it, it was coming from my heart. It was coming from that place. But uh, I'm feeling like maybe I was evading the, the sub- subject a little bit. <laughs> Bought yourself some time to think about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in interview mode for the new album. Uh, so I'm actually getting this question daily. And it's nice. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a valid question. So I'm here. We go. I'm gonna try to answer it. And also because I answered it so many times, I also want to try to not say the exact same words that I did. Because <laughs> I'm, sometimes I'm like just repeating, regurgitating the, the thing I said an hour ago. But yeah, so I wrote the songs in 2016. I we actually meant this to be a trilogy of EPs, like the whole idea of doing a trilogy was that I felt like maybe we shouldn't do full albums because it takes so much time and it's just like I felt I didn't have the like, like the energy I did I did, I did I didn't feel like it so we wanted to do EPs and but then when we had the synopsis and we started working it was like ah oh, shit it's not gonna be EPs it's like the, the first album is like 43 minutes or so so it, it's not a long album but it's not an EP either so and uh, and then the next album took uh, two years to to before i even started writing uh, i wrote it pretty quickly but then i i suppose uh i was in a place where after having done the band for like for well over a decade i was feeling a little bit of a burnout mm-hmm. every time we we toured anything we did i, I was always like the the, like the touring manager, the business manager, I was handling all the gear, uh, basically everything for the band I w- was on me. Yeah, and I was feeling a little bit of a burnout and maybe a little bit of sort of falling out of love with the whole thing with, I don't know, I don't really have the, the best words to describe it. Just finished recording the album, I felt like I need to do something else for a bit. I was thinking to myself, like, I would want to play with another band for a bit. I would like to go out and tour with another band where I can just be the guitar player for a bit, just enjoy myself, play my little guitar, do my thing, and, and uh, you know, and, and not have to worry about any business thing, not anything of that. Then bands started contacting me, and I never had any offers before that, so it was kind of a weird thing, but almost like I was knocking on the big boss door or the, the big boss of uh, uh, unexpected uh, events i don't know what this sounds like it turns into a religious thing but it's not <laughs> but anyway i was contacted by a pretty big band for for doing a tour and and i i turned them down because it wasn't really my music and and then i got the call from nocturnal rights the legendary mm-hmm. classic swedish power metal band and they were like we got, we're going to come back uh, after 10 years their previous guitar player, he had gone to Sabaton, so they didn't have a lead guitar player. So, like, 
would you like to join and do an album? And I was like, sure, power metal. That's going to be like tons of solos. And it's it's all going to be yeah. like super epic, uh, major, minor, nothing nothing weird, no fusion stuff, just like <laughs> high, high notes and sweep arpeggios and stuff. So I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I did it. And then a few weeks later, I get a text message from, from Thomas from Meshuggah, like, hey, man, Thomas from Meshuggah here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, could you do one tour with us? And I was like, holy shit. Okay, so I, I suppose that that was kind of a big deal, and it came down like a little bomb in my little life. Yeah. Obviously, I said yes, as the history tells it. That turned into a, a thing that lasted for several years. Nocturnal Rice wasn't as busy touring as Meshuga was, but we did, did quite a few shows in 2018. So I, I got my hands full with exactly the, the thing that that I thought I needed and that I that I needed like uh and especially with Meshuga I I only you know I I went to the rehearsals and then like well, let's go on tour and I you know I brought some clean underwear and the and the toothbrush and I showed up at the airport all the gear everything was taken care of didn't have to do anything got to stay at nice hotels and you know they they spoon fed me and uh, and <laughs> pampered me and and all the, all of that good stuff so, so it was like when, when that thing was uh, came to an end, and it was uh, announced that Frederick was coming back. I was like already started planning to bring Scar Symmetry back, and and you know to return home. Uh, we never totally stopped as a band. Like every now and then, I did some work on the album, and we sometimes did a few shows. So it was like really, really slow, slow cooking. And then uh, when when Frederick was announced that he was coming back to the band, I I got a got an email from from our record label, Nuclear Blast, like, "Hey, Pad, are you coming back? Uh, we are very interested." In it. And and uh, yeah, so so that was like the final little nudge I needed to have my business partner. You know, showing up and be like super excited. I finished the album up, and um, here we are, tra- talking to Trey Xavier about it. <laughs> and that brings us to the present, yes. the present moment. But it's 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 crazy that it's nine years. It's absolutely bonkers, crazy. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't feel like it. You know, you spent the time on it and had all this time in between, but you were doing a lot of things that were related you know you're still you're playing music you're doing that kind of stuff and it it makes time go by very quickly yeah sure and yeah and and to top things off after the Meshuggah thing I I went straight into becoming a dad my son was born in 19 and then we all know what happened in 2020 now he's off to college yes it's crazy yes (laughs) it's been that long a little bit like that (laughs) yeah well he's he's in preschool so he's he's started his like academic journey baby college yes exactly wow yeah so for me i had i had that thing and the the pandemic is really a weird time it doesn't fit in in the rest of my timeline in a way no a lot of people feels like that it's like was 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 that just like we we blinked and it was over, or was it twenty years? I don't know. Well, maybe we're uh, maybe we're already plugged into the matrix. Maybe the story you're telling about, or may, I mean, I don't know the details of the story, but the uh, you know the singularities already happened, and 
the uh, and Skynet's got us plugged into the Matrix. None of that is from the same <laughs> from the same series. But um, speaking of trilogies, there's the uh, there's one, the Matrix trilogy. Maybe that's the one that actually came true. And we're thinking all this time is passing, but really we're just we're batteries, and you know, having all of this fed to us. And it's your fault. You're the uh, they, the AI read the lyrics to the first album, and they were like, "Oh, that's a great idea." Yeah, well, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, that's what they want want us to do. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, we're just we just got to give them what they want. Like they've programmed the AI to be, you know, to be helpful, useful. Let's give them something. It's going to be great, mm-hmm. you guys. <laughs> so. Um, Let's see. Wow, you've got this album is, uh, it, it, I mean, nine years in the making-ish. Yeah. It's, like you said, not spending every minute of it, of that actually on it or whatever. You're, um, you know, putting in some, putting a lot of time in the front end and then a little bit here and there. And then, so w- when you actually went in to finish it for the release, what state was it in? How finished was it? Was there anything that, uh, like you said, there was one song that you are working on as you're recording drums? That song was, I had the drums sitting. It was actually two songs that only were drums, and, and I ended up using okay. one of them. And and that one gotcha. that one was just sitting for a long time. I can't remember when I finished it, if it was in 18 or 19 or so. But when I got that message from nuclear blast asking like they wanted to re-sign us our our deal had expired with the, that former al- previous album mm-hmm. the album was very close to to being finished uh, i can't remember exactly what was left to record maybe my, maybe i had some solos and some just like extra stuff that i knew that i wanted to do but I hadn't done yet so but okay. I, but I, I I sort of added small small details up until the very end that I suddenly like oh shit like the last song the C notaph this little str- melody plays like played like on on uh, on on strings and it wasn't popping out so that like before uh, finalizing the mix I just sat in front of the microphone and I did like and I, I just did my own little choir that I brought in just to, to enhance it, and uh, and then I was like, oh shit, there, there's the song. That was the final thing is. to that for me. It glued the the chorus together. It was already sounding epic, but yeah. it was just something. And then I got it. So it's like the dude's rug. It just pulled the whole room together. Yes, exactly. And and I mean that wouldn't have happened. Some of these things would have ha- wouldn't have happened if I would have finished the album up many years ago. But so I, I don't know. So th- you had the majority of it not just written but tracked. You'd already tracked the drums and the yes and the other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Ba- bass, rhythm, guitars, vocals. Most of it was tracked pretty early on. So at what point do you write the solos? For the songs, are you just leaving space in the arrangements when you write them when you, in the beginning, or do you are they like uh, integral to the to the writing process, or are they more like an afterthought or what? Uh, I mean, I write the solo parts when I write the song, so when I I, I write them with some kind of idea of what I want to do, or at least it's like what kind of uh, scales and 
things I'm gonna use. Mm-hmm. It's like I I know myself, so I know if I put these chords together, I'm gonna probably do it like this. And, and I try to set things up uh, harmonically in 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 my solo parts, so, so that I can pull out some interesting things in in my leads later. But I I don't actually record the solos until late. Usually that's among the 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 last things I do. So so yeah. So every, everything else already the vocals and keys and everything else. Do you very sort of specifically compose your solos, or is it a lot of improv, or what's your general approach? It's it's a little bit of both. It's like if it's if it's the solo part that's has the right kind of groove, and if it's like if it's not too complex harmonically, so so it so it so it makes sense to just have that kind of improvisational flow through it. It it can be improvised like parts of it or in some rare case, cases like the entire thing can be improvised. And and often I I just press record and I play something. And uh, and if it's not good I do it again and if it's good I I keep it. If I do a like I fuck up a few notes at the end or something I might just punch those in to to make the end of the thing what it needs to be. And for other solos, uh, I I want to be a bit more elaborate to like to 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 bring out like everything I want to have, like solos that modulate a lot where I change keys and stuff. I I sometimes use like some sort of harmonic device to to modulate from one key to another, and then I I want to yeah to to make the best of that in the solo as well. And and at and during those times, I I sometimes write like one part at a time and i and i'm very specific or or i improvise a little bit like just a snippet at a time i just like set up punch in a time and i have a pre-roll for a couple of bars and i I listen back to the what i have so far and then i come in you know and i improvise so it's a little bit of a mix of things you there's a uh a second guitar player in the band now, uh, Benjamin Ellis. Yep. Who's been in the band since, I want to say, I met him with you guys on the boat at least in 2017. Uh, 17? Yeah. And I think he was pretty new then? He he did the first tour with us in 14. I, he was actually filling in oh, for okay. me on a few dates. We had a very loved friend of our, our family who who passed and I really wanted to attend the funeral with some very important pe- people to me so so I I knew Ben from touring with his previous band Bloodshot Dawn uh, so I knew that he was an amazing player so I and and we have sort of uh, kind of similar styles in a way so I asked him and he it filled in for me on really short notice and like he learned all the solos and everything so so it was really amazing. And then the next year, in 15, we had a tour that we did, and we didn't have a second guitar player, so I asked him if he wanted to to not be me and be the other guy instead for that tour. <laughs> and then he did yeah. that. And then in 16, uh, we did some tours, and we he became an official member then. Does he play any solos on the album? Yeah, he does. The thing is that the music was written before he became a member so the songs right. was all written with like uh, only me on lead guitars in mind so later on i had to sort of make room o- obviously i i gave him some of the solo parts that 
I had intended to play, but there was a lot of parts that I had. I was already sort of married to them, like because I there was like what I'm told you about. Like sometimes I'm setting up harmonic things, and that I'm mm-hmm. like I can't wait to start playing over this. So, so <laughs> I suppose I, I I gave him some of the parts that weren't as dear to me, and not that that they are worse or anything might be better even but he he got the ones that i didn't wasn't as enthusiastic about and then i i just crammed in some more solo parts like in he he, he's got a short lead in in chrononautilus the the newest single we've released he has a really short solo and that was actually a vocal part and it was just like same lyric as previous in the songs i i just removed it and put in a solo and and i think it's for the better of the song so i, I did a few of those things so like i have a, a during the, during the intro riff of the song instead of just being an intro riff we just solo on it so there's yeah. like quite a bit of uh, lead action going on <laughs> yeah well i bet that probably makes him feel very welcome you know <laughs> to be like be like we're we're gonna make make some space for yes. you to do your thing yeah um and It'll probably make for a bit more fun live shows too. You know, he'll probably be very stoked to you know have his own spots and watching guys go back and forth will probably be pretty fun. It'll be a hoot. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so uh, you mentioned Xenotaph uh, is the title of one of the songs, and of course, it's in the title of the album. What is a Xenotaph? I wish I knew. It's it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> No, don't tell me it's, that. It's a vessel that you fill with your own expectations. <laughs> I mean, I I know that it's a it's a it's a it's a little play on words. Yes, because it's it's usually spelled with C. Cenotaph, right? I I knew that that was a word, but I don't know what it is. We're both looking it up at the same time. Yeah, it's like from a Greek word that means empty tomb. A cenotaph is a monument, oh. sometimes in the form of a tomb, to a person or group of persons buried elsewhere ah okay so yes so we we put an x in front of the sino like something not of this earth or something cool yeah and and uh that will make for some great seo because if you make up a new word and it it only applies here then boom yes uh you got a you've got a neologism and amazing seo that will only like somebody searches for that word Scar symmetry is going to go to the top. Yes. Scar symmetry number one. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people have, u- have used the word chrononautilus either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are make, making up a whole new language over here. Yeah, we're just coming up with whatever bullshit we can think of. <laughs> I, I remember when we started the band and Henrik was coming up with a band named Scar Symmetry. And, and we were like, what's, what's a Scar Symmetry? And, and he was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But and and <laughs> later in in interviews he's been like talking about uh, like we have in in the music we have like the melodic side and then we have the harsh brutal side and we have these different elements and and the, the band name is reflecting that with symmetry re- representing that you know the melody and the nice things and and scar being that other side and I I I think that's just like a an afterthought that he came up with to just have something to say to just not because it sounds lame to be like oh i don't know it just sounds cool bro but uh yeah so so in the beginning when we started releasing albums and stuff like i was always googling scar symmetry because of you know you're excited to hear what people think uh so so we got 
uh, stuff about the band and about breast implants. <laughs> so, <laughs> and hey, that makes for a great uh, session of googling things. Either way, yes, you could be having a you know having a great time. Um, and now you'll get even more science um, than boobs, science, metal, a, per- a perfect, a perfect uh, connection and a great way to spend an afternoon Indeed, <laughs> on the internet. Indeed. Um, so there's two singles out now from the album with music videos. Yeah. Um, Chrono Nautilus being the, the one that just came out uh, last week, right? Or yes, last yeah Thursday, and the album is due out in less than a month, June 9th, yes. I believe it says in the yeah so whatever a month the, uh, tomorrow a month to oh what is today oh it's the eighth yeah yeah so nine years in the in the making the people have been clamoring for it never lost hope I mean we had uh, eighty plus people in here watching this stream that you know that they that they want it. And uh, it's very exciting that it's that it is on the way. You guys uh, have some uh, tours coming up to promote it. Uh, yeah, we just finished a Swedish tour that we did with Meshuga. So we, we got asked to to do an arena tour in Sweden, six six shows uh, opening for Meshuga, which which was really nice because I haven't seen the guys in in a while, so it was. Nice to get some got get some hang time as well. Yeah, and and that was like it coincided with the release of the first single, released it on the on the day of the first show. So oh, that that works out really yeah. well. <laughs> but it's like our release date got set so late, like everything came together so late. We had we had some issues. We had a, an artwork artist lined up that dropped out after a long time. Like his mom passed, and oh. he had so like a lot of turbulence, and so we had. Uh, he, yeah, he had to drop the gig, and we had to find find someone else. So we, we just had like this extra little unfortunate thing uh, that delayed yeah. us even Panic like almost moment. a year extra. So so the the release date came so late that like all the festivals they are you know mostly booked like a year in advance. So so we kind of missed out on this festival season, but we we got some nice stuff lined up for the summer and then. Cool. And we promise our North American fans that blah 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 blah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. When do we when do we get to have another meeting of the Bearded Egg Club? Yes, I've been in contact with our our uh, North American booking agent who wants to to bring us over again, and we're we're talking to some people and and uh, we're seeing if we we are actually investigating if we can uh, return to some international waters. It's a rough time for touring. Everything I see is like how expensive it is now. People losing their ass and stuff. So I, I, I hope that you can yeah. do it. I don't want you to, uh, you know, I don't want you to have to eat ramen for the rest of the year just so that you can come see me. But it might be worth it. I don't know. I leave that up to you. We're planning some, some uh, a short European headlining tour in September, and we're getting offers uh, like we're taking in uh, for nightliner buses and. And like and when mm-hmm. we're adding things up, like how much things cost nowadays, it's like twice as expensive. It's it's like, and the fees are not twice what they used to be. It's like yeah, uh, yeah. Like all the venues, they were kind of fucked during the pandemic. Obviously, like so. So what venues yeah. and promoters are still there? They are like, please, please, I want to feed my kids. 
I can only pay this much. Oh, brutal, man. Yeah, but we, I mean, we don't have any, anything else to do. We just want to go out and play and, <laughs> and have a good time and rock out with our cocks out like we do in Sweden. I hope to get to, to uh, see those cocks a flapping. Yes. And uh, so let me know if you, uh, if you're on, if you wind up coming so that I can hear some more. Um, see your meatlies in real life. So huge thanks for taking the time today to do this uh, interview with us. I love hearing your perspective, how you go about things. It was all, all my pleasure, man. All my pleasure. It's uh, it's always nice to get to talk to you. Just we always have a great time. Indeed. Um, I think this is probably like our third or fourth interview we've ever done, and it's always a hoot. Yes. For the folks at home, uh, be sure to go follow Pear on all the social medias, as well as Scar Symmetry, so that when everything else drops the album more singles whatever you will be first to know if you are interested in hearing more from the how songs are made podcast there's a couple places to go number one this and all other episodes will be uh, available as audio podcasts on how songs are made podcast.com you can check the links in the description for that um also these streams after they're done uh from here on out we'll all be living on the uh, still pretty new How Songs Are Made podcast YouTube channel which is brand new Um, everyone who's watching right now um, if you want to see this again um, and previous episodes and future episodes uh, click the link in the description to go to the the new channel and subscribe there Um, once this is edited as a final product it will go up there and if you haven't pre-saved the new album mm. which do is, it i wrote the name of this thing out like five times today and i still the singularity phase two xenotaph um go go hit that as well i'm gonna put a, a link in the description of this video when it's up as well and uh pair thank you so much for coming on and um hope to talk to you real soon thanks man all right guys thank you all so much love talking uh to people on this podcast learning about different ways that people write songs if you want to learn more about how i write songs check the link in the description for uh for my songwriting course which is called complete rock and metal songwriting you can also find out more about that howsongsaremade.com um we also have merch for the podcast at howsongsaremadepodcast.com and uh y'all have a great week I will talk to you real soon. Got more episodes of the podcast booked. It's just going to get better. Just better and better. All right. Peace out, guys.